Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Game day podcasts from Talk Sport. Subscribe on Acast, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game day, the record book. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Record Book Podcast on the Game Day channel. You know all the places you can get it. I'm Danny Kelly, and I'm delighted to say this as we continue to hold the fort in the pandemic with a scaled-down version of the normally award-winning version of the podcast. I'm joined again by Tom Rennie. Oh, hi, Tom. Hi, Danny. All right? I'm all right, but you're, you're, I have to ask you if you're okay. In more than the usual, say, are you all right in the lockdown? Um, but, of course, uh, the talk sports uh, carries large amounts of commentary on overseas football, particularly Germany, and that's one of your gigs. So you were essentially back to work yesterday. Tell us about that. Yeah, bizarre, actually. Uh, Friday was my first time back at the studios for two months. Uh, it was my first time out of Essex for two months. First time away from, uh, from my kitchen table, where I do 90% of my week now. So that was a bit weird. Um, I, I've never washed my hands so much in my life. Like, I, I genuinely bet. think on the Friday and Saturday, I did it 40 times. Like, yeah. every time I touched something, I washed them again. Uh, I, I did consider the gloves that were yes. that were kindly put out by our management, but uh, in the end, I didn't go with them uh, because. Now, why? Why was that? Because I, mean, I suppose I, I think I'd wear the gloves um, in the day when they dragged me back with wild horses to the studio. Um, but I suppose that's how they get you out of the studio, isn't it? <laughs> well, they had that's the, well, that's the public, really, isn't it? Rather than the management. <laughs> um, they, 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 I think about the gloves because, of course, but then of course you're going to touch your face with the gloves, so you're in the same sort of situation, it's, it's, aren't you? I just think it's the same thing. Um, yeah. But I did buy a bunch of shirts that have got pockets in. Yeah. So whenever I wasn't touching a button, I'd have my hands in my pockets because I'm a real chin scratcher, and I yeah. find myself sometimes with my fingers. Because you've got in that lovely mouth. beard normally, haven't you? You've got a bit of a you beard. Give it a going nice on, yeah. rub. But you can Absolutely, you can rub the head. Yeah to get the yeah. grease and then you can put yeah. it on the beer to straighten it out. That's you how know, you do you're it. Not, that, that's essentially ball tampering. You know that, don't you? I don't. Right. I, I, that's why I can't play <laughs> high-level cricket anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just me and Michael Atherton. I uh, can't do it. I, have, I mean, we, we can see each other. The, the listeners can't. Oh. This is the, I, I love cricket, right? The, the nearest I can get to it right now, because nowhere playing in the world at all. No. There isn't even, not even playing in Taiwan, more about that later, is to drink tea out of a cricket mug. That's how pathetically devoted I am uh, to the game. Well, how, how was the... Um, the work we'll get onto the games themselves yeah. how how was it okay yeah i think it went fantastically well um so we're partnered with, with amazon music so we've been working with the bundesliga for years and years uh covering stuff for them and for the for the league as well previously and um they're in a position where you know they've got this content it's great content and they've essentially given it to our partner stations around the world uh, as uh 
essentially not a favour, but they've got it and they think, look, people need sport back. We've got it. We'd like people to have it. It was a really nice thing in many ways that they've done. Um, and TalkSport in the UK took it during Sam Matterface's show on Saturday. Uh, the coverage did mm-hmm. come from the studios in London. We literally can't get people to Germany uh, to cover these games, even if we wanted to, and there was a budget to do it. Uh, it's coming from the studio. Um, Toby Gillis, Andy Brassel know the league really well, did a fantastic yeah. job. We've got games on Sunday and Monday, um, and a couple of weeks as well. What's amazing about this, you know, it was, it was great to, to be working on it, um, and... I've never produced or worked on any game without a crowd before. So working out the balance to make it sound right was really interesting. Uh, I love the way you could hear all the players screaming and shouting at each other. And you can hear the managers pulling their mask aside and screaming, get out on the left wing, but like in yeah. German. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not as complicated as Links! you think. Links! Links! Yeah, you think like they're talking about really complicated formulas and formations. And they're going, right! Go right! Yeah. Rich, Go right! Rich. Why aren't you going right? You know, um, yeah. so that was pretty cool. Um, and the, the amazing thing is as well, is that it's the first league back and there's loads to talk about how weird it was um, and how actually impressive it is. They managed to get the, this on, the, all these games on, not without hitches and issues, but they got them on. Um, but also the fact that this league is still very much in the balance with four teams trying to win it. And in two weeks, so, so this Saturday on TalkSport was um, the Revere Derby, which is yep. like the North London Derby of Germany. That like, is massive. Yep. 80,000 plus were meant yep. to be there, yes. Um, but, of course, there was no fans. Um, in one of the, the third goal, I think it was the Guerrero goal, he goes to the yellow wall and gives it all that like they were there, which I thought was quite good. But in two weeks, we've got the Classica, which could be a title-deciding Classica between Dortmund and Bayern, uh, which is likely to be on the TalkSport network and one with our international partners as well. And it's going to be decided in front of nobody. It's, it, was, it is weird. Well, look, first of all, let, let, let's say, you know, congratulations, provided everybody stayed safe. Congratulations um, to the German league. I have my doubts about them even getting it on, but they did get it on. We'll hear more about that in a second from you. Um, I have to say, though, it's congratulations on putting on something that wasn't football. What it reminded me of, and I watched, a, I watched two games as close as I could, um, the, the way that everything was done, it was like putting on... Uh, a play um, in, a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a large theatre when nobody turned up to watch. Um, and the, uh, but the actors were allowed to improvise most of the play. I mean, that's what it, that's what it seemed like to me. It was like um, a, a rehearsal for whose line is it anyway? Um, if only it was as entertaining as that. I didn't like it. But then, of course, I wouldn't like it. What I like is, is, is people screaming at the footballers. And well, you've got to get it done, haven't you? Like, when you look at all this PPG and weighted PPG and all the nonsense that we're still talking about and what's going to happen in League 2 and League 1, like, if you can get it on, I think if you're going to get relegated this year, I don't want to get relegated on a mathematical formula. You know, yeah. I think, and, and they're going to push ahead with relegation because apparently it would be a travesty to humanity to get rid of relegation in what would be the most utterly unfair and ridiculous thing to do ever. You know, the sheer punishment of relegation, you should earn that, not, oh, well, you only drew, drew at Watford in March, well, so unfortunately you go um, down. There is, a way, there is a way to make it less unfair, and that is to relegate the bottom six and promote the top six in the championship. If it, How if is it's that more so, fair? Oh, uh, sorry, it's, it's, no, it's no less fair than void in the season, is it? Well, I wouldn't void the season. You'd find no. a way to finish it, but I keep saying it. You've got to find yeah. a way to reward and not punish. Uh, but that's that because you're a more decent human being than me. I um, try. What else, what else went, went on in the Bundesliga? What's the, what's the, I'm right in thinking that one of the games nearly didn't start at all. Yeah, so um, our man in Munich, uh, Adrian, who we work with on the Bundesliga coverage, sent us a message about half an hour before kickoff saying there's a real chance uh, the Paderborn game won't be happening. 
Um, now, I'm still trying to find out exactly what happened as we speak because, of course, there's no journalists in the ground. There's not the usual 10 people on the ground that we can get hold of to find out what happened. Yeah. Um, but he tells me um, that some of the players going into this game, they arrived at Dusseldorf Paderborn and they were not happy to play. So more than one player had gone to their management and said, look, we're not happy. And be it a safety issue because they're all in their masks. They're meant to be social distancing, but we saw on the, on the VTs before games. They're all patting each other on the back. They're all standing quite close together. Like when they were taking a drink, I saw one player pull his mask aside, take an isotonic drink, and then give it to someone else to have some drink, which, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's ingrained in you. You don't think about it. They probably didn't even yeah. think about it. No. And then suddenly it's like, oh, what's happened? At the end of the Gladbach game, the goalkeeper, Jan Sommer for Gladbach, he took his shirt off and he gave it to somebody. You're meant yeah. to be taking it home and washing it yourself. But yeah. now this that other ain't happening. Shirt. Well, yeah. I have to say, the idea of the players washing their own shirts, I think that's the biggest single obstacle to the resumption of the season in Britain. No way is that going to happen. The dream is that someone turns up the next week covered in mud and they haven't done it and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, coach. Get out. And I, I approve of that. I played on Hackney Marshes for many years at a tremendously low level, subterranean level. Never washed my own shirt. As it happens, Mickey Donnelly, who played wide left for us, his mum was the kit woman at Arsenal. So we, all were, we, had, we had the worst football team in North London, but the best kit. Because Mrs. Mrs. Donnelly, bless her heart, would take it in, wash it in the giant washing machines at Highbury, and we'd be superbly turned out by, for next Sunday to get another whack in. I used to find it so bizarre at the end of Sunday League football that you would take off your shirt and like, put them into a bin liner for one of the mums. And then oh. you would essentially be getting back in the car without a shirt on in the middle of October. <laughs> so your mum didn't have to wash your shirt. What a bizarre thing that we just accepted as red. That's what we do. But I think that was the joy. I mean, we could do 18 million podcasts. No, let me just, just recalculate that. 21 million podcasts about Sunday morning football, couldn't we? And that's we? how many there are, because there's at least 18 million podcasts on this exact topic. If we, I love them if, all. Yeah. If, well, I, I'll, add, I'll add by Tuck Me Up Your Worth then. Um, I played mostly on the East and South Marshes in Hackney. Um, and normally, if the game's um, finished on, you know, on time, we could all bundle into the three cars that the 14 of us had managed to get together and get back to Islington for a last drink in one of the local pubs on Essex Road. If we were playing a cup match and it went to extra time, which happened more often than I, than I seem to, because we, oh, then you had to go to the local pub in the middle of the marshes. Now, those of you from East London of a certain vintage will remember, the pub was painted bright pink, was called Tipples, and on Sunday morning featured, I have to say, and I'm not an expert or a connoisseur, possibly the worst striptease act ever to, <laughs> ever to work in London. And bless her, she would then... What, what time was this, sorry? Midday Sunday. Midday Sunday striptease? Yeah, of course, tipples. Oh. Tipples and acne marshes. Um, I, I like the way my London accent's getting stronger when I say acne marshes as well. <laughs> and, and then, bless her, this poor woman. And we were in there for the post-football... Um, showdown, what were you doing when they got their second goal? She was totally ignored and she would come round with a pint glass, bless her, um, getting money from, from the assembled footballers in the pub. I hope she's well. I really hope she's well. This is phenomenal, but if you are going to a place that does strip tees at midday on a Sunday, yeah. you're not going to see the best calibre. I'm going to throw that out there now. You shouldn't yeah. be going. No one should be offering it. Uh, there's so many issues. I've got I, think, I think that might be a South London thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Sunday League, though, I'll tell you what I did notice at the end of the games. So the two yeah. games I watched in detail were the ones we covered, uh, being the Riviera Derby and Eintracht Frankfurt against Borussia Mönchengladbach. 
at the end of the first game, it was 4-0 to Dortmund. So it was sort of like very much Sunday league, knocking it left to right, no one get injured, that sort of stuff. Yeah. The other game was actually quite competitive towards the end of it. It was 3-1 going into the last five, six minutes. And everybody looked knackered, absolutely shattered, exhausted. Um, Schalke early in the day made the five substitutions you can make. And everyone's making their five substitutions because they're trying to get through it. But there's some players, there's another six that have got to play the entire game. And there was a bit around the 85th minute where Baz Dost, who's a big, tall, mm. bald, six foot five striker for Frankfurt, he tries to chase something down towards the end of the field. He can't get there. And when it's gone, he literally went, Oh my God. Oh my Should God. I, and he walks be, towards uh, the advertising hoarding. He's leading on it. He's going, <gasps> like they couldn't carry on. I have to say that's a terribly bad example because I think that's the way Baz Dost has played throughout his career. <laughs> yeah. What I've seen of him, that is how he plays. Because, is, he's, such, because he's such a great finisher that yeah, if, he had any, if he had any running in him, he'd be playing for Barcelona, wouldn't he? But what happened, right, in the end of the game was you know that bit at the end of Sunday League where you've been out the night before, you've had a skin fall, you might have had a fag at half-time, you know, you, you don't want to continue with this game. And so mm -hmm. what do you start doing? You start doing the footballing equivalent of windmilling in. And everyone's just going, ah! Stretching for a tackle, trying to kick someone, trying to trip someone. They can't catch anybody. It could have been 9-7 the way the last 10 minutes went. There was about 11 bookings. Um, and it was just, it was quite interesting to see well, that we're going to finish the season competitively and everyone's going to be knackered until the eighth game, which of course is the last game. Everyone except Liverpool who will win the title and then play their children after that. Yeah, um, well, yeah. The, the, uh, thus, once again, um, uh, impinging upon the sacred uh, integrity of the competition. Um, listen, the, you see, it was, in, you know, this is not an original thought, but it is interesting watching the players doing this because with the exception of a, a, an Achilles injury or something like that, the last seven to eight weeks is the longest any of these men will have gone without playing strenuous games of football mm. since they were probably eight. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge, it's been a huge lifestyle change for football. They get three weeks holiday. God bless them. They get three weeks holiday. Suddenly they've not done any but eight weeks. I wonder when football comes back, how long it will be before someone comes out and says the players are playing too much and they're all knackered. How long do you think Fif it will be? 15 minutes. <laughs> Immediately. There's too many games. One of the commentators will say calendar. it. Yeah. Oh no. You mean people? You mean among the managers and the administrators? The standard, think, like Guardiola, Klopp. The players are in the red zone, as Wenger used to say. Pearson, Pearson will say it before they start. Well, you know who else said it before they start? Steve Bruce said something yeah, similar this week. Bless him. Yeah. yeah. So Steve Bruce, Newcastle boss, of course, said the managers in their meeting last week were widely concerned the players won't be able to get fit by June the 12th enough to play. As we record this, it's May 17th. Today should have been, as we record, the last day of the season. So now yeah. they've got just over three weeks to get fit enough to play a game. And he said, no, we need five weeks. Three weeks is enough to get fit. In this break, Scott McTominay has gone from fat Scottish bloke to Jock Ronaldo. No, I, know, didn't I, didn't, I really didn't understand that picture. I mean, quite part, I didn't understand how a man could have a body like that. Um, the... Did he not have this before, or was it painted on? Or I what? think. Well, I actually think. I mean, much like Dominic Calvert-Lewin earlier in the season when he painted on his abs, I thought that might be uh, the case. But there's a lot of pictures you can see in Sunday's papers of Scott McTominay's incredible new body, and I actually advise you do because it's tremendous, tremendous fun. He's gone from kind of fat Scottish guy with a twelve-year-old's haircut to soon-to-be jock sex symbol. Are there any sexy Scottish people? Is he the first? Um, this, now, you've put me on the spot here. Uh, oh, 
Rod? Does Rod count? No. It has to be men, does it? Well, it doesn't have to be. Sean I mean, Connery. Sean I feel Connery. like you're already scrambling. Yeah, Sean Connery. Connery? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, you well, back in, this is back in the day, though. You're talking beefy, about half a century ago. He's, he's kind of got a beefy hunk look, you know. He, was, yes. he, he, he had well, one ab. I can see where you're going with this, day. Tom. In the, in the same way as you don't allow any a solution to the season which, which threatens uh, West Ham's place in the Premier oh, League. Equally, anything to do with sexiness is about being skinny and slightly bald, isn't it? It's a good look. It's a good look. <laughs> Shave your head, grow a beard, do some sit-ups. And the, the <laughs> right, I'm go- maybe, I'll, maybe I'll go that route. Maybe I'll go that route. Give it a whirl. Um, overall, um, I mean, the Paderborn players eventually were persuaded to play, and we'll see. Yep. Uh, it'll come out what persuasion actually meant at some stage. And I, uh, the great thing is, I suspect... Looking at the uh, the roster of English Premier League clubs, if they don't want to play, they won't be persuaded very easily, no, will yeah. they? Um, no, I don't think you'll be able to persuade. There are certain players. Could you persuade Sergio Aguero if he felt any doubts about it to play in a game where they're not going to win the title and they're going to qualify in the Champions League, whatever happens? And they say, Sergio, you've got to play. Why you on know, earth could he be convinced to do so? And I know I'm going to get into terrible trouble with uh, my broadcast partner, Simon Jordan, but um, I think they're right too. If you don't fancy it, why, why would you be pushed out on the end of a long pole? Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the teachers are under pressure to go back as well. When mm. the politicians think it's safe enough for them to sit next to each other in Parliament, then they yeah. can preach to everybody else about going back to finish the Premier League to get the kids back to school. Incidentally, not one person on the cabinet has their children at a state school. Mm. So they won't be going back to September. Oh, yeah. a little politics now, but let's be honest about it. We are being, lots of people are being used as experiments in all of this. And professional footballers are well healed enough not to, uh, to have to become part of an experiment. Did you see and there I, was a poll this week, which was, it might have been YouGov, uh, and they asked... Uh, no, it wasn't me. I, I, don't do, I don't do polls. Uh, well, you know, what you did in the 70s is your business, but... Um, it might got, have been you, Gov. Come on. It might have been you, Gov. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got to tell you that uh, this poll was like, after Dominic Rabb said uh, it would raise the nation's morale, it was around 70% said yeah. we don't care about the Premier League. <laughs> We're not, it's not going to raise it. our morale. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to add in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to add in the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Now, and as I say, just so people understand this, I actually think that Spurs, having all their players back, will go zooming up the table, but I, I don't care. Yeah. People are, people, are, people are dying in homes, you know. It, but, but it is worth yeah. saying that, that they did, Germany got it on, right? So yes, if you're looking at a blueprint, they got it on. Yeah. They're going to have a bunch of tests after this weekend. They're getting tested twice yeah. a week and they yeah. got it on. They got it um, on. And no fans turned up outside. No. Um, 
There were some reports from local police saying the only issue they had was moving camera crews away from the players as they arrived at the grounds, making them stand further apart because they're all trying to oh, get the best blame shot. Blame journalists, that is nice. Blame broadcasters, oh yeah. It's typical broadcasters, they just don't care. They think they're above the law, broadcasters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, no fans turned up. So all this like, well surely the fans are stupid, you know, congregate outside. No, the fans are at home, mate. No. Everyone's at home. Everyone wants to be at home, okay? They're not going to, well, if Liverpool win the league, we're not going to see 40,000 people outside of Anfield because there's a pandemic. They're going to be yeah. at home and we're going to well, watch I, it on TV. I, I believe and trust that you're right about that. You're right to say they got it on. What they got on is the question for me. But, you know, um, I'm, I'm not scrambling around for TV money anymore. Can I tell you some other bits about the Bundesliga that we've got? I just want to yeah. squeeze in because it was mad. Yeah. So all the clubs had to build in these social distancing interview hubs post-game. So like you're seeing yeah. on the news now, you've got a massive yeah. hole in your boom mic yeah. to do the interview. Um, well, it's great they did that at Borussia Dortmund uh, because they've put up the boom mic. They've worked weeks and weeks on this system. They're interviewing Erling Haaland, who is one of the most famous players in the world right now. He scored the first goal back after the, uh, the break in the season. This interview, he did 11 words. Yeah. 11 words. They've worked weeks and weeks and weeks to work a safer way to do interviews. And he's, all he said was, they said, why'd you go to the wall? And he was like, I want to thank my fans. And, and the interviewer said, oh, because it's really special to you and you want to send a message to your fans. And he went, yeah. Yeah, well, from what I've seen of young Harland, so far he's not turned out to be, he's a great footballer. Uh, Harry Kane, he may be, Stephen Fry is not. Is that fair to say? <laughs> That's a fair assessment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's got any pretensions of trying to be Stephen Fry either. No, no. Um, and quite right. And why would he? Why would he? Another thing to try and make this work is that RB Leipzig, who amazingly lost their game. No one saw that coming. Massive hit to their title race. Uh, uh, to be fair, I, I, think, I think Leipzig, um, uh, it's done for them. They've had to put so much into beating Spurs by nine goals over yeah. two legs that they're finished, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, anyone would be exhausted having done that, beating one of the best <laughs> having teams. Having walked through two games with Spurs, yeah. Having beaten the second team in North London twice. I mean, they did tremendously well. Um, but they've built like an airport ramp to do the interviews, right? So it's almost like they built a bridge, which has got an escalator on it, and another bridge next to it, so as if you're the departures and you're the arrivals, and then they stop in the middle and they hold the stick out across the chasm to do the interview, so there's no chance of even accidentally rubbing up against Can somebody. Can I just say, I mean, the hot, that part of it, I thought was a whole load of <laughs> frankly. <laughs> what part? The, the, the interviewing after the game. Why are they doing that? We're doing this on, on a technology. Get one of the players to socially isolate in, a, in one of the myriad rooms that are in football grounds um, and do it on Zoom with three journalists so you don't get a, a sort of parrot jungle. Why are they doing all that business with poles um, and chasms, as you say? I love how there was a whole thing about, right, we've got to make sure we're employing proper social distancing. Let's get creative. And after all their meetings and discussions and top-level, high-level government meetings, they basically went, oh, John, get a stick. Just guess yeah. we'll do it with a stick. Das got, stick. Put das stick on das microphone. Is that German? I don't know. But no, no. Well, you in know, the I'm... end, get a stick. And when they were getting subbed off as well, they were literally being given a mask. But you're getting given a mask hand to hand. I know. I just. They, they, oh. I mean, the sticks weren't being used till after the match. Put the mask on the end of the stick and pass like jousting and pass it to them you know a stick um, has many purposes we've used up the whole of the podcast talking about what went half right in the what about taiwan tom because we oh. before the Bundesliga came back um we very religiously followed uh, the taiwanese league um and i think it was the right thing to do i mean I'm, 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 there's been universal acclaim for our coverage of the taiwanese 
Premier League. But difficult to be recording this a little earlier because you're now in full-time employment again. Mm. Uh, against all the odds, I have to say. Um, <laughs> no one saw it coming. No one saw that coming. Uh, and uh, they're actually in motion as we speak. Can you give us the latest from the Taiwanese League? So as we record, the games are heading towards their final few minutes. Um, Ming Shuan University getting thrashed by Tapai Tatung by four goals to nil. So that one's in the bag. Yeah. Uh, also in the bag, as ever, Tai Chung. Uh, they are beating the beleaguered Red Lions. Another uh. smashing for the Red Lions. Three nil down currently. Um, and that could get worse and worse. Um, NTUS beating Tai Power 2-1. Uh, that's the university NTUS. Uh, the Tai Chung University. I forget the name now. Mm -hmm. but I moved on. Uh, but I'm a Bundesliga man now. And the other game is Taiwan Steel, nil, uh, and Hang Zhuen won. But that's got 10 minutes to go, so two games in the balance. Well, I hope later in what... This is supposed to be a 15-minute podcast. We're 25 minutes in, and I hope that later on um, in the podcast we'll be able to speak to uh, somebody who's actually played in all these games about what it's been like to play with the eyes of the world upon the Taiwanese league for the first and only time in its history. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Uh, I... I, I'm, I'm low to get into this with you because, because I find your views rabid. Um, points per game. Yeah. Um, no, that, that, no league should be decided on points per game. No. no. Uh, you're right. And I don't want any season to end on points per game. But if you've got to find a way to shake up the table just to give us a final league table so we can all move on with our lives, uh, then I'm not against doing a points per game table. But as I've always said to you and all the other shows, um, you've got to reward or keep the status quo. You cannot punish. So relegation for me should be off the table and we expand leagues for one year and do a big six-team relegation the following year. But if relegation is off the table, you can't announce Liverpool as champions. I don't see that as the same thing because I think, again, you find a solution that rewards and doesn't punish so we can wrap this up. It's nobody's fault. At the minute, this is nobody's fault we had to end it. We should have a winner. We've got to sort out the European places. But you could, you could you also finish it. that sentence. It's nobody's fault that West Ham have been relegated. Yeah, but West Ham don't go down on PPG. They do go down on a weighted points per game, which, which League One and League Two have not which, done. Which no side whatsoever is what I... If you're going to have to do it, you have to weight it. Because otherwise, what's all the arguing about neutral venues about? If yeah, home, they, if home advantage they, is so important, then you have to weight the... You're hmm? taking away the games they've got. Brighton have got half the top six at home, whereas West Ham have got Aston Villa and Watford and, and loads of winnable games at home. They oh, played like four of the bottom six in the last few games. Of, of course, but I mean, only some, if it goes to the weighting, you have to include home and away. Uh, if if oh. you do the weighted, yeah. But yeah, I, just, yeah. I don't see why if you're already doing PPG, you would suddenly go, well, why don't we make this slightly more complicated? You're already because, because you've made such a fuss about home advantage, you have to weigh the away games and the home games Slightly differently. I actually think this is all a little bit moot because... Mm. They're going to go back and play. Let me tell you. You know this. Everyone listening knows yeah. this. Jeremy knows this. The Premier League is coming back by hook or by crook. Those games are going to get on. Uh, and I have yeah. no doubt about that. And I'll tell you what I think will happen. I think what would have happened if, say, Richard Scudamore was still in charge, he would have gone to UEFA and they've given him this end of July deadline to finish their season. And he would have gone, do one, pal. We're the Premier League. We finish when we want. Let's speak about some. So let's end with um, a bit of positivity and a bit of comedy. Um, Harry Kane, oh, yeah. and Virgil van Dijk, mensch, absolute mensch. I mean, Kane, for those of you who haven't seen it, and God knows where you've been, um, has gone back to the club that gave him his first start in professional football when he's on loan from Spurs at Lake Norient um, in a promotion campaign that he enjoyed very much as a 17-year-old. Um, 
Orient, of course, like so many clubs at that level, struggling desperately. He's agreed to sponsor all three of their kits next season. And for some of the, and the you know, the, the sponsorship is actually congratulating various of the essential services that kept us going during the pandemic. And the Orient will make a small donation from any shirt sold with those things on to those things. I mean, whatever, whatever about him, you know, as a, as, as a footballer, and maybe you should have passed a Sterling in the semi-final of the World Cup and all the rest of it. As a bloke, he, he's just unsurpassable. And uh, well, hats off to him. Um, yeah. Oh, Dyke, so, yeah, and who on. would have thought that across football as society, there are some really good people as there are some bad people. And I think a lot of footballers have, have shown themselves to be really, really good people during this period. Jordan Henderson, Marcus Rashford, Mark Noble, like loads of them doing a lot for charity, local communities, all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. And one final one before we run out of time, uh, Virgil van Dyke, another great guy. Um, he played for FC Groningen during his career, early mm. in his career. And they're obviously, like so many, going to be struggling financially because of the COVID-19 crisis. So he bought a bunch of season tickets. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there aren't going to be any fans in the crowd, but he found a way to give them some money by just buying some season tickets. And they will be given to supporters when they can get supporters back in. Uh, but for the minute, the cash is in the coffers of FC Groningen. Um, we're go- we'll have- we're- they're both fantastic, not just gestures. They're fantastic things to do. Yeah. Gestures, Dan plays it. And well done to both of them. And again, from the ever innovative world of German engineering, we may have found a solution to not just football coming back, but uh, from uh, something you sent me uh, during the last uh, 12 hours or so. So the whole idea of humanity returning to its streets, its pavements, its cafes and its bars. Yeah, so last thing on the show, got to squeeze this in. Uh, a cafe in Germany reopened this week with social distancing. Uh, the Cafe Rotha in Schwerin. Great German accent. Um, and it's in Angela Merkel's home state of Mecklenburg, Western Pomerania. And what they've done is anyone who comes to the cafe and has a coffee or whatever, they have to wear a special hat. And on that special hat... It's already good. On that special hat is a swimmer's noodle. Uh, and so they have to put on these uh, kind of like... Uh, what are they called, the hats they used to wear? The band Orson used to wear them all the time. Um, trilby. So yeah. it's like a trilby hat... And then they've got two noodles, uh, put like a, a St. George's flag in a cross. And so if the noodles touch, you need to stop what? and move. Essentially, they're using those very lightweight foam tubes that separate the lanes in swimming pools um, in a style of a helicopter blades above your head so that you're wearing a kind of invisible force shield. I thought it was brilliant. I think in England, where people don't like interacting a lot anyway, they could become... They could become the norm even when the pandemic is gone. It's your mad hat for next week. Make sure you've got one. I'm going I'm to I'm gonna construct one. It's been an absolute joy, Tom. Uh, well done with getting the Bundesliga back on talk sport, even if it is telly ball rather than football. Um, and I'll keep this argument up to the day I die, which uh, hopefully won't be too soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for downloading the podcast. We'll do more of this kind of award-winning nonsense next week. God bless you all. Keep safe. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. 
the single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bingbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.